This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Mark chapter 1. One of the most difficult statements that a person can hear is that they have a terminal illness. I've never experienced that, never want to hear that. But some folks have been to the doctor, some of you in here, and you've, you've gotten some really bad news. And you've had to process that. And that news has been a reminder to you, as it should be to all of us, that we are dying. In fact, a famous preacher one day stood before his congregation and, it, and confessed to them, reminded them, I am a dying man preaching to dying people. That is just the reality. Though there are many terminal illnesses uh, that we read about in Bible times, for a person to realize that they had leprosy had to be very devastating because there was no known cure. In fact, the law of Moses did not have a way to cure it. It just had a way of preventing others from being infected by those who were uh, lepers. And we know from what God said through Moses that those who were lepers had to leave the assembly, they had to be outside the camp. If anyone came around them, they had to shout, unclean. And so they were under a death sentence, and it was just a matter of time uh, before they died. Now, what we also see from the scripture is the Lord had a very special place in his heart for lepers. You won't read a single instance in our Lord's ministry where a leper cried out for help where Jesus did not respond to the cry. Now that doesn't mean even that all the lepers were thankful once they were healed. You'll remember that there were ten lepers who saw the Lord cried out. The Lord healed all ten of them, sent them to the high priest so that he could officially uh, pronounce that they had been healed. How many of the ten came back to the Lord and was grateful? Just one. Okay, so... So even when you're under a death sentence like that and, and you have a terminal illness, uh, the Lord can heal you, but that doesn't mean that he's healed your heart and made it grateful. But in Mark chapter 1, we see that Jesus is ministering in Galilee. That's the context. And he's approached one day by a man with leprosy. And I'd like you to look at verse 40. And here's what we read, Mark 1, verse 40. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, in other words, if you're willing, thou canst, you can make me clean. And Jesus moved with what? Compassion. Put forth his hand and touched him. Now, there are other instances where Jesus just spoke the word and the leper was healed. But in this instance, and we're, we don't even know how advanced the leprosy was, but Jesus reaches out, imagine this with me, and he touches this man and said to him, I will, 
I will heal you. Be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. Note in the passage how many times cleansing is mentioned. Doesn't say he was healed, though he was healed. He was cleansed. And he straightway charged him, and forthwith sent him away. And what did he charge him with? He said unto him, See thou, or uh, say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Okay, in other words, let the high priest make a formal pronouncement that you are clean so that the public knows, it's not just your word, it's the official word from the high priest, that you have been cleansed, you've been healed. But... <laughs> All right, and I'm going to put myself in this man's shoes, and I want to encourage you to do the same. He went out and began to publish it much and to blaze it abroad, the matter. In other words, he, he told everybody he could. Insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Now, this is an amazing passage. Uh, I can relate to this man from the standpoint that if I had had something happen, and, and you too, you'd want to tell everybody. And by the way, in, in this passage, he does tell everybody. So many people come in that they crowd the city, and Jesus can't even do ministry there. He's got to withdraw uh, to a place that, which is really country, barren, where, where people are not drawn out to, but they still come out there to see the Lord. Now, as we look at this passage, please don't be distracted in the text by whether the man obeyed the Lord or not. Or that the man obeyed the law of Moses or not. I think we need to cut him a little uh, uh, slack here. Scripture is showing us that the man's deliverance from certain death caused him to lose himself in the reality and proclaim what the Lord had done for him. He just... He just loses himself in the reality that as he looks at himself, he is clean. He has been cleansed. He's been healed. Maybe this will help. I think this is a classic case of obedience getting lost in forgetfulness. Now, as parents, we know that our children, we can ask them to do something, and then something happens, they get so excited that they, they don't, they just don't remember what you said. And I think this man, I don't even know if he heard what the Lord said. Uh, I think he did, but he is so excited that the death sentence on him has been lifted. That, that he just has to go tell people. He's got to go tell his family, his neighbors, the city, the, you know, uh, the, the dog catcher, the mailman. Uh, you know, he, he's got to tell everybody what has happened to him. Now, what does this have to do with us? And here's the point. We need to remember tonight that the reality is you and, all, you and I, we have all been 
under a death sentence. We're going to look at that in a little bit more detail in a moment, but, but you and I were born into this world with a fatal condition. Now let, just let that sink in, please. It's hard when you're young to remember your creator. When everything, you've got energy and, and there's just so much promise of the future and so many exciting things to do and to try. And, and, but the older you get, the more reality sets in. Are you with me tonight? Okay. What is the reality? Well, we, we go and we see the doctor and he does, he does uh, blood work and so on. And he starts telling you things that, well, I thought my, only my grandparents had that. Oh, I am a grandparent. <laughs> <You> know. <laughs> reality sets in. It is appointed unto man once to die. As an Adam, all die. And scientists can't explain it. Our bodies, if they uh, worked like they, they did when they were younger, they just re keep reproducing cells. And, and it's amazing. Uh, we're fearfully, wonderfully made. But at a certain point in our, uh, in our lives, our bodies begin to fail. And so tonight, we're going to look at a man who's been rescued from death. But as we prepare our hearts for the table of the Lord, I want to remind every one of us we've been rescued from death if we know Jesus Christ is saved. Now, some of you can think of other times when you were delivered from death, an accident, maybe a military experience, uh, maybe your career in law enforcement or whatever, but we all need to be, uh, to understand tonight, and this is the thrust of this passage as we're going to see, we've been rescued from death. And oh, by the way, we were rescued from death because somebody stepped in front of us and took our death for us. Okay. So in the passage, let's take a closer look. We need to see, first of all, the man's dying condition. In Mark 1.40, we find out that this man has a couple problems. Verse 40, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, if thou wilt, you almost want to underline that in your Bible or at least in your mind. If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. So what do we know about this man? Number one, his diagnosis of leprosy was a death sentence. Now you can get online and you can see video footage of this. I, I don't recommend it. You can read all about this. Uh, it is an extreme form of skin cancer where literally parts of you start to fall off. It's excruciating. It's debilitating. You don't want leprosy. So he was under a death sentence. Secondly, though he was convinced Jesus could heal him, he wasn't sure Jesus would heal him or even if he wanted to. So not only is there a physical problem here, but he's, he's got emotional struggles that all of us can relate to. 
So here's Jesus, and he's a perfect man. And they keep trying to pin sin on him and say he's doing things wrong. No, he, he's a perfect man. He doesn't sin. Uh, that, that's the word on the street, not from the Pharisees, but, but he, he is love and compassion. And when he teaches, he supports the law, he fulfills the law. And as this kind of a teacher, certainly, I don't know what he would want to, that he would want to have anything to do with me as a leper. In fact, if he's following the law, he stays away from me. So I believe he could heal me because I hear these stories. He's going all over. He's healing people. I know he can, but would he take interest in me? All things considered, probably not. Now that's the flesh speaking, but can you relate with what his flesh is saying? Oh, you know, I hear other people talk about going to the Lord and they pray and they get answers to prayer. That's wonderful, and I, I even believe God can do that. I'm just not convinced he would do that for me. Okay, that's my flesh. Is that your flesh? That's my flesh. So there are a couple things going on here. Now, death is at work in our mortal bodies because of sin. Complicating matters is the fact our flesh wants to convince us Jesus really doesn't care about our condition. This could have been further complicated again by the law. Lepers were to stay away from others who were healthy. That's Leviticus 13, verses 45, 46. You can look that up later. In other words, when it comes to being healed and cleansed, the law couldn't help this man. If people were following the law, in fact, they were avoiding this man. But the law couldn't help him just like the law couldn't save him. Just like the law can't save us. It can only condemn. It can only alienate. One Bible scholar noted, time, the Torah, and human tendency were all against this leper. But absolute trust in Jesus changed his life forever. So, time, we're all dying. It's just a matter of time. The Torah, the law, the human tendency. I, I'm too bad for God to care about me. I'm too unclean. I'm, I'm too this. I'm too that. That all was working against at least his mind. But God gave him the grace to just push through that and trust God. And so this brings us to the most compelling part of the text. We've seen the man's dying condition. But let's look at the Savior's undying compassion. The Savior's undying compassion. It's important that we pause and consider the context of Mark chapter 1. Why was Jesus here? Well, Jesus' actions are based on what we read in Mark 1. And look at verse 15. In fact, I'll go back to verse 14, just move up. Jesus came into Galilee preaching what? The gospel of the kingdom of God. 
and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That's what he's doing in Galilee in this area. Would you also look down at verses 38 and 39? This brings us right before the passage that we're looking at tonight. Verse 38, And he said unto them, The disciples, let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. That's why I came out of heaven. That's what I'm doing here. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. What was Jesus doing there? Well, he came to save men. He also came to confront a religious system that was misrepresenting God's law and God's plan. That's why Jesus was in the synagogues. He was right there on the front line confronting this works religion, keep the law of Moses, you get to go to heaven. Not true. So he's there, and what else was he doing? He was there to confront Satan's direct assault on these people. There have been a couple times in my life where I think probably I witnessed someone who was demon-possessed. It's really scary. You can't hang around cops and work with law enforcement before you see things that make you wonder, Okay? But that said, that was happening all over Israel when Jesus walked there. Uh, and, and in fact, it wasn't just an occasional incident where there was a demon. We know that there were demons who called themselves legion. There were thousands of them at work during the time that Jesus was fulfilling his earthly ministry. In this context, Jesus is confronting all of that along with just the simple reality, people are sick and dying. And how does Jesus respond? Look at verse 41. So this man beseeches, he's begging, he's kneeling in front of Jesus, he's begging. And Jesus, verse 41, moved with compassion now let's just pause and realize that is Jesus this is not an isolated incident where well okay I'll feel sorry for this guy this is Jesus this is who he is he is moved with compassion in fact go through the gospel sometime on your own and look at how many times Jesus was moved with compassion He'll look up one day and there are thousands of people coming at him and he's moved with compassion because they're like sheep. They don't have a shepherd. They're seeking, but they don't even know what they're seeking. Jesus comes down uh, from the Mount of Olives and he's about to make what we call his triumphal entry into Jerusalem and he pauses halfway down that mountainside. Come to Israel with us and we'll, we'll stop at that spot. He looks over the city, and from that vantage point, you can see the entire city. And he weeps. He has compassion. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou which slayeth the prophets. Don't you know that my father sent them, and he has sent me to have compassion on you and to save you. And then he says this, but 
You would not. You don't want to have anything to do with that. He had compassion. Now, how do we know that this compassion was real? Well, obviously, the scripture tells us, but it also says this, Jesus touched him. Again, we have to put ourselves in this situation, and we have to remember that the Holy Spirit included this here, reminding us that Jesus at this point had flesh just like you and I do. The only thing is there was not, uh, there was no sin because, again, he didn't have an earthly father, yet he had flesh like you and I do that can be tempted to sin. And so he was tested, tempted in every point just like we are, yet without sin. How did he do it? Well, he's God. No. Yes, he is God, but that's not... He did everything through the, his yieldedness to his spirit, to the spirit of God, and that allowed him to be an overcomer. If you walk in the spirit, you don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And so, sinless. But that flesh could get sick. That flesh struggled like our flesh. By the way, if you drive a nail in that flesh, he's going to bleed. And, and we think about that when we come to the table of the Lord, but the reality is that flesh could also pick up disease. Sometimes we get this mind about the Lord that is devoid of what the Scripture actually teaches. He was tested in all points as we are. He could get sick. Probably did get sick. Well, well not, not Jesus. Oh, yes, Jesus. We have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our what? Infirmities. Boy, there's a big long list under that. He knows. He cares. He has compassion. And at this point, Jesus reaches out and he touches, listen, leprous skin. That's compassion. Again, this would also be a violation of Moses' law. It would have made him unclean, Leviticus 5.3, but instead he imparts healing and cleansing. Don't believe the lie that Jesus doesn't care about your condition. Mark 1, he sure does. He does, he knows. He hurts when we hurt. Now what else is this passage showing us? Why would the Holy Spirit include this in Scripture? Well, we already know that like sheep we've gone astray. We are also like lepers under a death sentence. The law can't help us, save us, or cleanse us. It only alienates us. Our sinful flesh doubts whether Jesus has time for us or if he really cares because we're unclean. I don't know that he really, he sees what I am. He's probably given up on me a long time ago. You're not seeing that in your Bible. Yet Jesus came into this region because he does care. 
He cares for those who are unclean. He came to preach, to cross paths with every walking dead man and woman in this area who would be willing to believe on him for salvation. That's why he's there. Remember, he must needs go through Samaria because there's, there's a, a wicked Samaritan woman and he's going to meet her at a well. Why would he go through this area of Galilee? Because there is a dying leper and that leper needs him. So compassion was in Christ's heart before he ever got to the leper, but he was on his way to the leper. And so Jesus heals this man. Let's conclude. If the Lord's coming tarries, what is the reality for everyone in this room? Now, I believe he's coming back. I'm I think I'm going to hear a trumpet. I'm not... They're not going to put me in a, in a, in a casket, I, okay? I, I believe that, but my dad believed it as well. He's got a grave. If the Lord tarries, all of us are headed to one destiny. They're going to put us in the ground. How is that possible? I am a dying man preaching to dying people. Obviously, I'm thinking purely in the physical sense. I'm not talking about the spiritual side because we are alive forevermore in Christ. In fact, spiritually, you and I will never die. The real us, when uh, Jesus said, He that liveth and believeth in me will never die. But, but the reality is, this body is going to quit. This body is dying, and so is yours. Okay, so with that said, uh, we may go to the grave from natural causes, but there is death. But every Christian should pause and remember that we were dead in trespasses and sins, condemned already, away from the Father, separated from Him, and under an eternal death sentence. That was where I was. That's where you were. But Jesus sought us out and was willing to save us. He came after you. He sought you. Though some of you can look back and say, yeah, I was seeking for him. Many of us have testimonies, though, where Jesus came looking for us. And he had to get our attention. He came looking for us. And though we were unclean, he touched our lives. He brought conviction to our hearts. The light of the gospel shone into the darkness. And he rescued us. Jesus came into this region to preach and to cross paths with every walking dead man and woman who would believe and be saved. And here's the reality. The Lord has come into your life your existence, to do the same thing. And here's what he says, whosoever will may come. Tonight we've been able to look at this leper's story. Your story is not much different than his story. Can we acknowledge that together tonight? <laughs> it's true. Now, I hope you all live 
good long lives. And, and, and I'm, I'm just trusting the Lord that if he's going to tarry and I'm going to die, I'm going to uh, have a nice snack, go to sleep, and wake up in heaven. How, how many of you want to go that way? All right, okay, that's, I, 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 I really want that to happen, okay. Uh, I've got a, a dear friend that that's exactly what godly deacon in the first church where I was an assistant pastor, he went to bed, kissed his wife, went to sleep and woke up in heaven. I'm like, ah, yes. We can't be guaranteed that, but here's the point. If you're saved, Jesus sought you out and he reclaimed a dead man. And he gave you his eternal life. And so as we come to the Lord's table tonight, we need to realize that we have been rescued from death. Would you agree with me that we are men and women under a dying condition, but we've experienced the Savior's undying compassion? And we need to give him thanks and praise for that. Father, thank you tonight for this account. Mark's gospel moves so quickly. It represents you, blessed Savior, as the perfect servant. But Lord, as you move through your earthly ministry, this unnamed leper was in your sights was on your heart. Lord, he came to you, but you were there to, to seek him. And Lord, though he even wondered if you cared, when he expressed faith to you, Lord, you always respond to faith. You had compassion to him, you touched him, and he was healed. He was made whole. Now Lord, based on the context here, I also believe that uh, he uh, came to you for salvation. The text does not directly indicate that. But Lord, you were there to preach the gospel in the kingdom. And I believe that, that he, uh, after being healed, uh, no doubt followed you, heard the truth. I believe we're going to meet him someday in heaven. But Lord, this passage reminds me of what I am. And Lord, I know that death reigns in this mortal body. But thank you that your eternal spirit reigns in my heart and in the heart of every Christian here. And Lord, because you are our Savior, because you took our death on yourself, though this body will fail unless you return and rapture us home, though this body may fail, uh, Lord, we know that we are going to see you. And so we give you praise, and we know that it's only because of the cross. The Lord Jesus, you bled and you died and provided a wonderful exchange. Took my death so I don't have to die. And Lord, you became my sin so I could be your righteousness. And tonight as we come to the table, help us to truly, truly be thankful. Thank you for rescuing us. Thank you for caring and touching us. Thank you for your compassion. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org 
or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.